0: Welcome to this latest FSB monthly roundup podcast, the go-to podcast for news tips and important information for small businesses and the self-employed. This episode is our September 2023 small business roundup in which we'll take a look at some of the important issues hitting the headlines at the moment and which you need to be aware of as small business owners. This month we'll be diving into three topics that are particularly pertinent to small businesses right now. To begin, Yupina Ng, FSB's Media and Communications Lead on Innovation, is going to talk to us about what FSB would like to see the government do to encourage greater adoption of tech and innovation among small businesses and the impact that could have on the economy. Anna Slater, FSB's UK Deputy Head of Media and Communications, is then going to chat to us about FSB's wish list when it comes to government support for the tourism, hospitality and retail sectors in the lead up to Christmas. And Matt Jaffer, FSB's Senior External Affairs Manager for London is going to talk to us, talk us through the expansion of ULEZ, the ultra low emission zone and why that will have an impact on businesses everywhere, not just in London. Thank you all for joining me. Yupina, we're going to start with you. Um, The first thing we're going to look at in this episode is the call from FSB for the government to unleash investment in tech adoption and innovation to help small businesses kickstart economic growth. What exactly is this about and what do we mean by unleashing investment in tech adoption and innovation?
1: Thanks for having me. Uh, When we talk about innovation, there seems to be a misconception that Innovation always equates to invention and it's only about the tech industry. While developing new products is definitely one of them and part of the innovation landscape, it's it's not the only thing about innovation and we need to take a broader look to capture the economic potential behind, meaning that value needs to be placed on firms to improve their products successfully using Technology or modernizing their manufacturing bis- uh, processes. Innovation doesn't have to take place in a lab or in a university. In fact, when we look back um, during COVID, plenty of small firms and high street businesses have innovated and used technology to modernize their operations. Think about the QR code menus adopted by your local restaurants uh, during the pandemic or the small manufacturer that brought in an automatic bottling machine to bottle more drinks, for example. In our latest report on small business tech adoption and innovation, we talked to over um, a a thousand of uh, small businesses across the country, and many of them told us they want to keep innovating and modernizing their business. And don't forget, a lot of these innovative and tech-savvy small firms have lower margins and fewer resources than large than large corporates, but they're still very keen to bring in new ideas to drive our economic growth. But they need the support to take their ideas to the next level. And we need a new set of new policies to achieve that. So, after talking to a lot of small firms, we put forward a list of recommendations through our report uh, titled The Tectonic for government departments, regulators. Public agencies and all of those with a stake uh, in tech adoption and innovation, and how they can drive economic growth.
0: Brilliant, thanks. And you mentioned the research there that underpins the report. What exactly were the findings of that research you've been, and what did we learn?
1: So we talked to over a thousand of small firms across the UK, and seven in ten of them have introduced a new form of innovation in the last three years. This. This includes the, uh, the development of an entirely new products to the market or significantly improved existing or new products. And some of them, uh, they introduce innovation by making staff and customer experience better. Small firms with new and improved products say increased turnover or profit is the main driver for change And some of them say they want to change because they want to diversify their business. Those that have introduced new or enhanced staff or customers facing process are mostly motivated by the need to increase business resilience or just the need to automate. The average cost of introducing any types of innovation over a three-year period is about £27,000 for a small firm. And the changes on average increase revenue by around uh, 15%. Uh, Despite the majority of small firms have innovated or modernized, they're still facing a lot of barriers. Two-fifths of small business owners say they don't have the time to develop new ideas or adopt technologies to innovate their business, and close to a third identify affordability as a barrier. And another 17% feel that they lack the knowledge to just implement
0: the changes. Okay, and what is it that FSB wants uh, the government to do to help with this?
1: So since April this year, there has been cuts to the R&D tax relief scheme for SMEs. This scheme had been really successful in encouraging startups and new ideas. We are really disappointed that the cuts had happened in the past year, business support and fundings for SMEs in the innovation landscape had been cut as well. We see the scrapping of the Help to Grow digital scheme and the downscaled support for growth hubs. Half of small firms we talked to say additional government grants would encourage them to innovate, and 46% say extra tax relief would do so. And there should be non-financial incentives as well, as we mentioned that uh, just now, that small firms also lack the know-how to innovate. With um, in our report, around a third want help with implementation, and more than a quarter want better information and advice. And a similar proportion of firms um, say they need more skilled staff to make the change happen.
0: Okay, brilliant. And just finally, what are the specific steps that you're you're calling for in the report?
1: So we put together a list of recommendations, but just to name a few, uh, we want the UK government to spend the equivalent of at least 10% of the overall research and development budget on the diffusion and adoption of innovation, and also set itself a target that at least half of all direct government R&D funding goes to SMEs. And in terms of our recommendation to the Treasury, We want a modernization and diversification tax relief scheme based on R&D tax relief, providing small business tax relief for those who have invested in significantly improving products or processes. We also have a recommendation for the Department for Science, Innovation and Technology. We want them to introduce digital audit vouchers for small businesses to enable more small firms to effectively use data and technology.
0: Thank you, Peter. That's really useful and really insightful. Um, thanks for for listing out those those practical tips that we're calling on government for as well. Um, our second topic in this month's roundup is FSB's Tinsel List, a list of things FSB wants the government to do to support the tourism, hospitality, and retail sectors in the run up to the important. Christmas season Anna you're here to chat us through that welcome back it's good to have you with us again um hi John good to have you good to have you Anna um I guess the first thing to cover off here is that it's early September and we're already talking about Christmas what's the deal there
2: yeah I mean I agree you know it does feel a bit strange to be talking about Christmas when most of us are still nursing our sunburn from the late early September heat wave that we had um but that said, it's so important to recognise just how crucial the Christmas season actually is for the survival of so many of our small businesses. You know, they, they really rely on the holiday season. And the earlier we can voice our concerns, then the more time the government has to actually put these measures in place.
0: Why, why do they need specific help firms in these sectors? I mean, Christmas is a pretty busy time for them anyway. So why, why are they in need of this help right now?
2: sure so i think we need to look back at the data from earlier this year and and those figures that we've got are so compelling um so if we delve into our latest small business index for example the f- latest findings offer a really striking snapshot of where consumer facing businesses actually stand in the middle of this cost of living crisis so when we look at the at businesses in the retail sector the confidence reading is alarmingly low and you know we, we're not talking small numbers here we're talking a score of minus 38 points and it isn't much better in the accommodation and food sectors either you know that they're, they're clocking in at minus 36 points now just to put that into perspective for you they're usually the sectors that are bustling with activity especially as we head into certain sectors like Christmas
0: and I think you know there are some actions you're calling on the government to take to help firms uh, seize the opportunities of this festive period what what are some of those Anna?
2: Sure. So first on the list is the accessibility of our high streets. They need to be easy to get to. You know, parking is such a huge deal. If, if you've ever driven to a high street and you spent half an hour actually looking for a parking space, you're going to know exactly what huge deterrent that is. So that's why things like park and ride services need to be readily accessible. Um, public transport also, it needs to be reliable. It needs to be affordable. And most importantly, it needs to be well-connected. And while we're on that subject, buses and trains need to do better. Um, They need to be on time. They can't be too expensive. And they actually need to go where we need them to go. Uh, So second on our list is the VAT threshold. So as it stands, that's currently set at £85,000. But what that actually means in real terms is that a lot of businesses taper off their trading as the tax year comes to a close. And that's just to avoid going over that limit because then they'll get hit with extra costs. So one idea is to bump that up to £100,000 because not only would that give businesses a little bit more breathing room, but it could also really stimulate more consistent business activities throughout the year. And that's good for everyone involved. Um, and then a third suggestion, last but not least, is business rates. and um, It's so important to talk about small business rates relief because the current threshold really is just such a financial hurdle for so many small businesses. And an increase to £25,000 could exempt approximately 200,000 small businesses from these rates. And that would really lessen their financial burden and allow for more robust operations throughout the year.
0: Yeah, there's some real um, specific requests there that as you say could make a, a, a real difference to, to small businesses are there other steps that you would like to see taken given the current overall business climate that we have you know with increasing costs and you know everybody's talking about energy all the time still and and, and all of those those bigger issues in mind are there are other steps you'd like to see taken
2: yeah I mean absolutely and um, so let's talk directly to energy companies for a second we know that energy costs are a serious line item for small businesses. And so our proposal is to allow firms to blend and extend their contracts. Now, what that actually means is allowing those who had to lock their contracts in when energy prices were sky high to be able to allow them to renegotiate, which means that they could take advantage of the kind of lower prices that we're seeing at the moment Um and at the end of the day, you know, this benefits everyone because lower energy bills allows firms to keep their prices low for consumers and then consumers will pass that on to other small businesses. So it's win win for everyone. Um, and another real step that we'd like to see the government take is to make tax free shopping for international visitors. Bringing that back, it's not just a nice perk for tourists that really is going to bring you know serious economic stimulation. Um our estimates show that it could add 4 billion to GDP. And that's not small change. That's not just pocket change. That's, you know, that's going to make a real difference. And this impacts retail, it boosts tourism, it stimulates secondary spending, and it will even help small producers. And of course, we can't overlook the optics here. Reinstating tax-free shopping sends out such a strong message that the UK is open for business, not just for the festive season, but beyond that as well.
0: Thanks, Anna. That's really interesting. And uh, let's hope the government delivers on those requests to in turn deliver a great festive period for small businesses across those sectors. Um, Our third topic for this episode is one that has been all over the headlines in London and Greater London this last few weeks, but as we will hear, isn't something that impacts just the capital. uh, And that's the issue of the ultra low emission zone or ULES. Matt, you're here to give us the lowdown on ULES. Let's start with what it is, why it exists and why it's being expanded, if you don't mind.
3: Yeah, thanks, John. Um, So the ULES was brought in um, middle of last decade. It was originally the central London Uh, part of of the capital in terms of trying to tackle London's poor air quality it got moved um, in early this early decade to the north south circular of London and now um, as of last week it is in the full M25 so all all London boroughs are covered by the ULES, and so in short term it is a case that if you've got a vehicle a diesel vehicle that is registered pre-2015 or a petrol vehicle registered before 20 or 2006, you are pretty much liable to pay the £12.50 ULES charge. And that has massive implications, not just for London businesses, but also businesses outside the capital as well, who may be not aware of it. Um, but this expansion is in place now and businesses need to recognise this and where possible make mitigations. But FSB has been calling for mitigations as has made some vast policy wins over the last 12 to 18 months to kind of mitigate the impact on small
0: businesses through scrappage through periods of grace um, and other measures as well yeah and you mentioned that 12 pound 50 charge which applies I think every time one of those vehicles goes into into that zone so that's an obvious massive impact on a lot of small businesses but um, what other impact is it having on on small firms Matt
3: well, it's just simply a case that if you've got employees who maybe you take Heathrow or Chessington World of Adventure as, as an example, if you've got employees coming from outside the zone across the M25, you're not going to pay that charge for your employees. Your employees can't afford to pay it. You've got a cost of living crisis. You've got a cost of doing business crisis. So it's extremely difficult to be able to manage these costs at this time. And, and we've 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 laid this point to the mayor of some vociferous conversations. Um, with them and TFL as well, but the offices that they need to recognize the fact that a lot of businesses won't be able to afford this. So, that soft launch, that n- you're not going heavy handed at this time, is critical. There's also some good welcome news we had at the back end of last year. We got some clarification from HMRC that if you do enter the zone um, from outside London or anywhere in London, you're paying that £12.50 charge. You can use that, if it's for a wholly for business use, you can claim that as an allowable expense. Um, on your self-assessment tax returns. That's some welcome news there that FSB was calling for and we've got some good news there. But as I say, the scrappage is available, retrofit, we've been calling for these measures and it's been bumped up and it includes small businesses. So particularly if you're a London business, look at that, look at TFL to be able to find that scrappage, those grants available there. They can be up to anything up to about seven to nine thousand pounds. But if you're in the outer London areas, it's very important you're aware that this zone is in place and if you're coming from all parts of the UK, it is in place and don't get caught out.
0: Yeah, and we mentioned there that it impacts businesses outside London as well. Um, I'm guessing that we're talking there about firms that are coming into uh, the zone from outside. Are there other ways it's impacting businesses outside of London?
3: I think it's a case of of you're doing business. A lot of businesses will serve from outside the capital. Uh, They'll serve London, and they'll be starting to ask themselves questions. If you are living in Hertfordshire, Surrey, anywhere in the the outskirts or even as far you know birmingham scotland and you do business once or a couple of times a week in in, in london you're going to think about every business journey you make and that has an implication of, do you pass that on to your customers at a cost of living crisis so that many won't be able to many won't be able to maybe just absorb the cost themselves or do you simply say you know what i'm going to serve outside the m25 and that has you know implications on London as a capital. We need to be open for business, and if businesses are making those decisions not to serve London, that has knock-on effects. It it you know impacts on the ability to do business, to get your whether it be employees or your customers, the number of covers you have in a you know restaurant or a hospitality business. It has knock-on effects, and we have to recognise that fact.
0: Just, just finally on this one, Matt, what what else would you like to see from government? Um, you mentioned a. A couple of wins already there. What else would you like to see from them to to help small businesses counter this this charge? Well, the scheme's in place, but you can't get scrappage or retrofit grants
3: if you live outside the M25. And so, whilst it's welcome that the mayor has included, you know, London businesses to get the, the grants, it would be it would be nice if the government would provide funding as well for those outer London areas, like other parts of the country, that could also get. Um, some form of scrappage we we don't want to see those businesses outside suffering uh, too much but as I say it's important that a lot of businesses coming from outside London won't know about this there's there's still going to be an element of um, inertia and that they won't know about the zone they won't know about the charges so a soft launch and not going heavy-handed should be the right approach in the first year we'd like to have seen it delayed in terms of the charging element till September 2024 that's not happened but giving letters, soft launches at this time and making businesses aware that they would have been charged in the first instance, giving
0: that period of grace should be the, the way forward at this at this time. Yeah, thanks, Matt. Some food for thought there. That was great. And um, that brings us to the end of this monthly round up, looking at the big issues um, affecting small businesses in the headlines right now. And I'd like to say thanks again to all our guests, Anna, yupina and Matt for their contributions thank you guys thank you also to our audience for listening to this episode while i have your attention i would just like to remind you that you can subscribe to the fsb podcast to receive regular updates and guidance on the big issues affecting small businesses and do please also remember that you can find a whole host of additional webinars podcasts and other content at the fsb website at fsb.org.uk many thanks